Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin, the only monk podcast that, well, I completely screwed this up because I said the only monk podcast instead of just the only podcast, but you know what it is. It's a podcast that doesn't funk at monks. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Brera. Andre, how are you? The Lakers are the world champions. All is right again. Nature you know, is healing. I was going to bring that up in a tasteful way, but, um, you know, you just couldn't to. help yourself. 17 no, rings or whatever, yada, yada, yada. Um, I'm not counting 17. I mean, I know I posted that, it, but it's like, I'm not counting Minnesota. I think you should because, you know. It's franchise. I, I guess the thing is that the reason why I would count it, and we'll move on to the episode in a second because this is boring for anyone who doesn't care about sports, but the reason why I would count it is because the when the Lakers moved, it's not like they got all new players. They kept the same players. So it's That's like true. it's clear That's there's true. a continuation. Um, the only exception would be like with the Charlotte Hornets because they were in like two different iterations. Um, but uh, How about OKC Hornets. What? Oh yes, oh yes, about- the New Orleans OKC Hornets. Uh, that was important. Anyway, not gonna get all the way down in that ephemera as much <laughs> as I would like to. Here to talk about Mr. Monk and the girl who cried wolf. Um, what do you think of this episode? Eh, it was whatever. Yeah, I think that there's good stuff in it. I think it's yes, uh, yes. I think that it's kind of, um, I don't know. I think that the actual mystery of it all doesn't, I don't even know. I think that there's like, I like a lot of the individual elements, but I don't think that the episode works fully because it feels like a good idea that was not executed well, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. I actually, you know, I was kind of, as much as, like, we can, like, you know, trash Sharona for, Mm -hmm. like, some of her decisions, um, I was actually interested in seeing, like, a story, like... Oh, I think this is, I think this is, like, her best episode. I think the problem is that the stuff that's not her is not that good. Um, I agree. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Biddy Shram does a really good job in this episode, um, and it makes you kind of sad that uh, she has uh, three episodes left after this. Um, I mean, again, more breadcrumbs. What? It's coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's coming. once again, I, they, I don't think that they plan these as breadcrumbs. But anyway. Um, right. It just worked out that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we start off. Monk is not good with garages. Because Sharona lost her bank card. And she needs to go into a parking garage to go to her bank to get some money. But and You know what? Understandable. Understandable. I actually, as soon as he said that, I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, because Monk doesn't like garages because of Trudy, and also they're underground. Two things he doesn't like. Um, and so she says, like, okay, stay here. Um, and so she goes in the garage, and something's feeling a little funky. Something's off in this garage. Yeah, the vibes are not, they're not, they're not. Yeah, she has, she has a quick vibe check, and it's just, it's not, um, not working out. Um and yeah, they, they, they give you they give you they give you the setup though. Like, um, mm-hmm. it's not that she just lost her bank card. Yeah, she, she lost, lost her. Like, she's lost a bunch of her stuff, like mm-hmm. her address book. Which mm-hmm. remember those? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's what we're in. Yeah. So then you see an image which is genuinely striking, where there's a guy yeah. with a knife in his chest and a screwdriver in his ear, who says, "Sharona, what is it? Douglas is worried about you." Yeah, Douglas is worried about you. Which. That's got to be, in terms of scariest things you could encounter in your life, a guy with a screwdriver in his ear, a knife in his chest, saying your name is pretty high up there. Yeah, I mean, I think the only scarier thing that could possibly occur to you in a, uh, in a parking garage would be, like, Wes Bentley showing up. What am I missing? 
Oh man, dude. Okay, it's a movie called P Two, where he's like a psycho, like garage, like a uh, security guard. Oh, and he's chasing. And he's I'm, chasing sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not uh, very familiar with West Bentley's Oove. Um, oh man, too bad. I set that one up on a T. I'm st- honestly, that's crazy because it's I haven't even heard of that movie, and that's really saying something. Um, There's only two people in the movie, or no? Oh. Well, yeah, basically oh, okay. there are only two. Yeah, and Wes Bentley's one of them. That's a crazy decision. I mean, but like saying Wes Bentley alone, like that's scary, right? I guess if you want to have a good acting career. Um, sorry, I watched Ghost Rider during quarantine, and it's really hard to say anything positive about Wes Bentley after watching that movie. Um, Fair. I mean, yeah, for sure. That's fine. He got killed in Interstellar. That was funny. Oh, yeah. That's true. He did. Um, but anyway, so Sharona runs uh, to get Monk. And um, so Sharona goes and runs to get Monk. And they run down. Because this guy, he, like, collapses over her windshield and then plops down by her car. And she runs to get Monk. And by the time he gets back, boom, 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 no one's there. And yep. then the title of the episode starts to make sense, I imagine. Yes, correct. Um, and, like, yeah, it's crazy because uh, how the, I still don't understand. I mean, I know Monk finds the clue later, but I, the guy was, like, he had blood. Like, there would have been some drops. That, yeah, I, I think that the, the time in between when it happens and when Monk, Monk comes down dinner. is way too short for... Yeah. That to, like I think that like the the conceit of like faking these incidences to freak her out and to make her lose credibility, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. This one and then also the one in Doctor Kroger's office are two. They completely take me out of the episode because it's completely unclear how they did it, and w- once you start to realize that it's all fake, you're not. You're, it's not like an aha moment. Like aha, this is all fake. There was nothing actually happening. It, you're your mind immediately goes to the wait. Then how the fuck did they do that? Like, how is yeah. it possible? Um, I could see that point, but like for me, um, for whatever reason, like I was like, okay, there's like some mysterious shit going on. I I legit thought that. Like, oh, I mean, at the maybe... beginning, you think that, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So like, you're not quite. You're... No, I'm saying that once you once I realized that. Well, once I was watching it with the knowledge that it was all fake, then I couldn't help but like. Yeah. Me- the moment that you see Monk running down, it's like, well, then how the hell? How is there no bl- fake blood smeared on the cars? Like how? That's in, fair. Yeah. Anyway. Um, also, how do they know that Monk was not going to go into the parking garage with her? That's a great question. That's a great question. Okay. See, if not for these plot holes, I think this episode would be really highly rated for me. It's just like that you kind of kind of can drive uh, her Sharona's Volvo through them. Um, uh, yeah, kind of. It would be better, but also, like, the murder was whatever. The only yeah. murder that actually happens in it is just, like... It, eh. True, true. Not sexy. Um, I, anything is, I like the psychological stuff a lot, um, so I think that that's... I think I'm probably higher in this episode than you are. But anyway, we get... To the, the cops are there investigating, and, you know, uh, Stammer's like, anything to, like, the Emmy, and she's like, you think I can't tell when there's no body or something like that? She gives yeah. him some, some talk back, and, uh, you know, he deserves it. Um, and... Randy has to take Sharona's statement, and um, <laughs> I like this. It's good, some good stuff. Uh, now, yeah. who who was Douglas? Uh, Douglas apparently is the name of her father. Yes, and where is her father? Her father's been dead for twenty years, so there's like some supernatural esque shenanigans going around. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I mean, that seems to be what they're setting it up for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're trying to. At the very least, they're trying to make her think that she's. You can tell that she's losing her mind. 
um, even already. Yeah. Um, and so Shorna says that he had a knife in his chest, a screwdriver in his ear. Randy asked the important follow-up question about the screwdriver, which is, was it Phillips, head, <laughs> Phillips or Flathead? Um, yeah. Which is a good joke. I like that. That made me laugh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Monk Norris is the first clue. The, the first, only clue they get here. Yes. He looks at the windshield, and what does he see? Uh, I guess before they she had gone down uh, into the garage, there was a, a, a smattering of flies uh, in the shape of a trapezoid. Um, and all of a sudden, they're not there anymore. And, you know, Stott, no, he should know better. He's like, well, maybe she wiped it off. Like, why the hell would she do that? Come on, man. Yeah, I, Stottmeyer, I think, is kind of... I don't know. I think that he also. I think, but Monk also is grasping at straws there too. Like I, Monk. I don't think that Monk is fully convinced that that means that there actually was a murder. Uh, he kind of sold me, man. He kind of. I mean, that's the, the thing is because you know he's Monk though. But it's kind of like, I don't know. Um, the whole thing is because also thinking looking back on it, you know there is no murder. So like, it's uh, anyway. Monk of course says he's not his best in parking garages because of Trudy. And then uh, Stahlmeier suggests that Monk give Shrona some time off. Um, which, you know what? Good call. Everyone could use a, t- a little time off uh, with, with yeah. pay. Um, with pay is important because, you know, you know Monk yes. doesn't want to pay her. <sighs> Monk, still not doing the right thing. But, yeah, no, um, for sure. He, she, she, she's long. They're all overdue for a vacation. I don't know, like, how many cases they take a year. But, I mean, if we're, if we're following a, a season track, there's, like, crimes every week. So... They need to refresh their minds a little bit. And famously, when she took a vacation, who had to tag along? Um. Oh, wasn't it? Dusha? No, no. Who tagged the monk? Tagged along. Oh. She can't even take a vacation without monk. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, Mr. Monk and the. Mr. Vacation? Monk takes a vacation. Takes a vacation. Yeah. Right. The great thing about the show is that, except this is a rare one where it isn't, but I, almost every episode it tells you exactly what the episode's about. Um, you know, uh, Mr. Monk in the airplane is the one on the airplane. Um, so we then cut to Shona's house and, uh, Benji and Monk are doing something that I think is a very fun thing to do as a child. I never owned enough dominoes to do it with any, like, uh, scale, but they right. have a big domino line set up. Um, were you ever, right. uh, did, you ever set up and knock down some dominoes? Not really, but, um, I, what bothered me about this, Mr. Nitpick, is that, like, uh, Benji mentions, like, oh, I didn't know you knew how to play dominoes. I'm sorry, Benji. That is not how you play dominoes. That's not how you play dominoes. There, now, I'll be honest. That's a very. This might be wrong, but I feel like. I feel like not knowing how to play dominoes is an incredibly white thing. <laughs> like I feel like oh, white people it? don't. I don't know. I just have never. I I've never known anyone in my family who played dominoes. Um, oh, I used to play dominoes all the time. I know. It's fun. And your name's Andre Barrera. Um, and I'm Jay Christie. My point being, I'm, I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong, but I feel like all the people I know who play dominoes who talk, or talk about family members playing dominoes are all people of color. Um, yeah. Let me know yeah. if I'm wrong. Uh, and my experience is just unique. But the only time I ever used dominoes as a kid was to set them up and knock them down. And once again, I only had like one tin case, and you really can't do that much with that. Yeah. I really, I always wanted to have like a big long one, but I also don't have the patience to do that. So it's probably a good thing that I didn't have um, multiple cases. I've always um, wanted a big long one too. Yeah, I know. Anyway, <laughs> um, you, I, I just need to let that sit for a second. Um, <laughs> now, Monk, what's his idea of fun once they set, finally set it up? Uh, putting them away in order. <laughs> uh huh. 
I, I guess, yeah, I guess that, I mean, sure, if you like organizing, I mean, like, you know what, some kids like organizing, I'm not willing to, like, I mean, completely dismiss yeah. that. And also, Monk famously bought Benji a rock polishing kit, so. That's true. Has it not been used? So, like, I think that once, once you buy a rock polishing kit, I feel like anything you do that's not cool after that is, like, there, there's really no, it's never, you can't really... I've suspended my disbelief enough. If I'm going to believe that Monk polished rocks as a kid, I'm willing to believe that he just thinks it's fun to clean up dominoes, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. And so, uh, Sharona is leaving. She's going to be back in two hours. Um, she's going to a creative writing class. And Monk, so she asked Monk to help her uh, close the window um, in her house, and it's stuck. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about how, Monk, you know, Monk, it, it was so real. Like, the guy looked like he was real. Um, and so, uh, you know, she, they can't close the window, yada, yada, yada. Um, and she goes to leave and Benji mentions that, uh, she, he's not allowed to read any of her stories, but one of them, what's one of them called? Um, oh, it's like Fatal Recipe? Is that a it? Fatal Recipe. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Is the, he thinks it's a mystery story, which, uh, no shit. Uh, I mean, for whatever reason, I thought it was going to be like she was writing, like, romance novels. That's, I mean, that's just because, you you know, you're projecting because of how unlucky in love she is. Um, uh, yeah, she's a romantic. Yeah, but, you know, I don't think that you're writing romance novels. Also, you, you, really, you don't really know who's writing romance novels. Um, what if Sharona was actually, uh, what if her pen name was E.L. James? Um, anyway, um, she was one what of her great books. What if she wrote the sex scene from Munich? Wow. Wow! I can see that. I mean, dude, I think about that all the time. Like, it's kind of disturbing, but like, what a fucking I, scene! I watched Munich for the first time a couple months ago. And, it's a good um, movie. What? It's a good movie. It's honestly a really great movie. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. The thing is, the amount of times in my life where I watched like a lesser Spielberg movie. Same thing happened with Bridge of Spies, where I watched it and I'm like, I haven't seen that. How is everyone not talking about how good this movie is? And it's like, oh wait, because it's like the tenth best movie by this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've heard that's good. I need to. Oh, watch British that. Spies fucks, man. British Spies is good. Um, but anyway, yeah, Munich. The oh, <laughs> the sweat. She she spent a whole like page right just detailing how the sweat dripped off Eric Bana's face when he was remembering the Israeli team getting massacred at the Olympics, and just grunting the whole just, time. I mean, I'll tell you this: if cinema is about putting an image in your head that you'll never forget, I don't think anyone who saw that movie will ever forget that scene. No. Oh boy, Never. what you just great pull, Andre. Great stuff. Thanks. So, Thank you. Uh, she um, shuts the door, and that shuts the window. And the window shutting knocks, starts knocking down the dominoes, um, which uh, Monk is very not happy about. But Benji's very pleased. Um, I thought I thought it was like gonna be like because uh, he did that, like someone was gonna sneak into the house. Like I, ge- I genuinely thought that was gonna. Yeah, be but like, if you obviously looking back, the reason the window was stuck open is because they've been breaking in. But yeah. Oh, shit, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. I was, like, halfway there. Yeah. So there's this big guy in the creative writing class who um, is, he's reading a fantasy story that, um, I don't know, like, I'm never one of those people who would ever say something like, you know, people need to get shoved in lockers more. But, like, this guy really just... It didn't I, seem that bad to me. I don't know. I guess maybe because, like, I was fully, because the show clearly wanted you to think it was that bad, and I was fully on board with how stupid it was. 
Yeah, yeah, no, like, I mean, obviously they portray him looking like some nebbishly nerdish guy, so, like, I get it, they're going for that whole thing, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't sound like the worst story I've ever That's heard. That's true, the, you know, the thing is, the third arm really did it for me. Oh. The yeah, third arm yeah. grabbing the quiver in the back, and then our girl, Nisi Nash, comes in with a guest star spot with... I wish I could get the 15 minutes back of my life. I almost did an impression, and that was not going to end well for me, and so I stopped myself. No. But uh, she said, and, man, I think she, I don't think that her storyline is, I think her storyline is annoying. However, she is nailing whatever they're going for her, and I just don't think she as a character fits in the show. But it's nice to see that Niecy Nash had the Niecy Nash thing down from the get-go. Like, it's just, it's the whole thing. Um, yeah. yeah, normally I would be like, I, uh, you know, <clears throat> like sassiness or like whatever, like it can be like overplayed. Um, but in this case, like I didn't, cause I guess I've like always known her like that. So like, I well, was that's, yeah, very... it's true. It says. It's like yeah. how bagpipes sound terrible, but I bet that the world's greatest bagpiper, if you listen to him, he would sound amazing. Like that character that she's playing is often really annoying, but she's yes. just like the best in the world at it. So it's like, you get deal with it. Um, agreed. Anyway, the teacher gives everyone's papers back. Um, uh, Varla, who's DC Nash's character, for one, is sad she got a B plus, and Sharona never gets one back. And she goes up to the teacher and it's like, "I turned one in," and she's like, "No, I, no, you didn't. Um, are you sure it didn't drop between the seats in your car?" Now I have a question: Were you suspicious about the teacher at this point, or no? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure to what extent, but I, I knew like. They're, I don't know the way they frame everything the way like she is it, it's just I don't know something didn't sit right yeah. with me I mean the way that she says the whole um, like oh, you didn't turn in I thought you were just going to turn in later like it's very cold and I don't think that's a bad thing because clearly like you know the average human being is not capable of uh, lying to someone else's face perfectly convincingly like that's just not something that people normally can do um, yeah but uh, you know you guys remember the riff I did about uh, getting away with murder last week but um, correct so she's like distraught because she's like, I absolutely turned this story in. And she goes to the gas station. It's raining. And now this is also like, I'll be honest with you, if you're in her shoes in this episode, you gotta be terrified because she's at the gas station and what does she see? Uh, she sees the dead guy again, but this time he's driving a car. Mm-hmm. And he's laughing. He's got the screwdriver in his ear. Um, Honestly, the second I saw him in a car, I'd be like, okay, someone's fucking with me right now. Yeah, can't I guess drive so. Cars. I guess so, but I think what we learn about her dad is I get why, why yes. you think. Okay, let's get to it. Now, I think that this is probably my, the best scene in the episode by long shot. Not the intercut stuff with uh, Monk and Harold Crenshaw, but yeah. I think that this is the best acting that Biddy Schramm's done in the whole show in the next scene where she is at Dr. Kroger's. And like if, if, if the whole episode had this tone, I think it would be one of my favorites. That, um, because you think that Dr. Rose talking to Monk, and it turns out it's Sharona. And she's trying to, like, distract. She's like, I bet these these pillows drive Monk crazy. I bet this window drives him crazy, which, you know, good stuff. Because, as, you know, anyone knows, if you don't want to talk about something, you'll act like you're casual and, uh, make jokes about other stuff. Um, yeah. But then, you know, Dr. Rose, like, you know, you've been losing things. And how, how does that make her feel? Uh, yeah, it just makes her feel like she's losing it. Like, mm. she's afraid she's having, like, a mental breakdown. Because mm-hmm. apparently her father suffered something yes. uh, similar to that. Yeah. Or, I, I mean, it doesn't seem that similar. No, but, but guess, it like, is. I still... see how you draw the conclusion. Yeah, it's also like, yeah, I, I don't expe- exactly expect her to, you know, 
Because basically what happened is, and as this is happening, there's an intercut bit where Monk and Harold Crenshaw... The reason I know his name, by the way, is because he's a recurring character from now on. Okay, I was going to yeah, say, like, great. I know his name is Harold, but I didn't... Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. He's, uh, he's Monk's nemesis. Spoiler alert. Um, it's some More good than stuff. Dale? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess Dale, like, when I say nemesis, I mean, like, in... Like, a fun nemesis. Like, that they're, like, okay, counterparts. Okay. Um, and that are arguing about magazines and whatever. Um, and... But Sharon tells a story about how her dad was, like, a really active guy who owned a uh, hardware store in New Jersey. And then one morning, he just decided he was too tired to get out of bed. And he never got out of bed. They had to sell the store. He went to, like, a home health, like, hospice care place and died. Um, it's not really clear of what. But, understandably, that might make you worry that you might have a mental health crisis at some point in your life, you know? Yeah. No, I get that. Um and uh, also, I think she said she was, like, 12, which, like, probably not great. Like, you gotta wonder how why she's not uh, seeing Dr. Kroger every week, because that feels like it would be mentally scarring to uh, yeah. see your dad have a nervous breakdown when you're 12 years old. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, but, you know, she's there now. And mm-hmm. uh, and she makes future appointments, so that's good. Yeah. And, I, and she's talking about how specifically how Benji's the same age as she was. and um, And then I think that they completely ruin the whole scene when... They get Maestrona say that she's worried that that if she has a breakdown, she's gonna blame Monk. I think that that completely ruins the whole thing. I because I, I think that that just feels so besides the point. Because before the whole episode beforehand, Monk is saying that like is like Stalin and Monk are like, oh, we need to give her time off because the reason she's feeling like this is because you stress her out too much. But in that in the scene beforehand, when she's talking about her dad, it's clear that the reason she's worried about going crazy isn't Monk. You know, like it's really like. It just feels completely not... It feels like a joke in a way that, like... I don't think that she actually believes that Monk has anything to do with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. But, like, she still, like, sometimes just, like, gives into that anyways. Yeah. Like, in other episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, she should, she knows better, but, like... Yeah, I guess like, it's, it's not that she knows better. It's just, like, it feel, that feels so completely besides the point. And I think that what I like so much about the scene beforehand is that it's explicitly about... It's a, a Sharona problem that is exclusively exclusive to her. It's not about how she relates yes. to Monk. And it's right. all of a sudden, it's like, well, Monk is, you know, I'm going to blame him if I go crazy. It's like, that had nothing to do with... Well, you're, you're just talking about how your dad had a nervous breakdown. What the hell does Monk have to do with that? Um, yeah. But, yeah, sure. I think that that kind of undercuts it in a way that I didn't like. Um, and I, I, I kind of felt like a cop-out, like, that they went somewhere really serious and nice, and then they had to pull back for comedy, and I don't think that they needed to do that. Um, anyway, so we cut to outside of the office again, and uh, Harold Crenshaw and Monk are arguing about the magazines, and Dr. Kroger comes out, and he breaks up the fight. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, you know, he's like... Uh, Harold, sit in the office away from me. And I do love the way that Tony Shalhoub delivers the line, see you in hell, Harold. <laughs> yeah, 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 I did like that. No. Um, I Well, I can't wait. Uh, do they have, like, this is... Um, this is, the, this is the relate... What? Is this what it's like going forward? Yes, yes. The, I was going to say the energy that... The, the venom with which he says, see you in hell, Harold, is his energy he has towards him for the rest of the series. <laughs> okay. And, like, Keep that same energy. It's long, funny like because it. it's completely unwarranted, but they both feel it at each other. Like, they just... Genuine venom for each other wasn't there a similar guy previously maybe um i don't i mean you'd have to tell me what you mean because in my mind i obviously only think about harold clentrell because he's such an important character moving forward okay like the funny thing like, harold clentrell's probably in like 10 more episodes and dale the whale's only in one more is that i guess that's what i mean when i say like wow yeah okay. harold, he's in a lot he's harold clentrell 
Um, uh, Tim Bagley is the actor. He's, you know, in a lot of stuff. You recognize him, I assume. Um, I don't. Really? Honestly, he's, yeah, he was in, like, a lot of comedy TV in, like, the 2000s. He'd just, you know, be popping around. Um, anyway, uh, so Sharona's like, I gotta go wash up in the bathroom. And this is where I kind of, my nitpicky brain goes wild, where it's like, how did they break into the bathroom of this therapist's office? Because she goes um, in there and... Have you ever have you ever played the game on N64, uh, Goldeneye? Yes, I have. Do you remember, like, I think it was the first or second episode where they go in through, like, the vents? Yes. I, I understand. There I, you go. I get that. I guess the thing is that I'm fine, <laughs> but what we're supposed to believe is that, because she looks in the mirror and the guy, the same guy's hanging, um, and uh, he says something, I forget what, but that we're supposed to believe that she goes out and she runs out runs to grab bunk and then what the guy takes the rope down gets into the vent and crawls away in that short period of time he says uh he says daddy needs you yes he says daddy needs you which some situations that's you know that's sexual in this situation i don't think it is but i don't know i guess i still like where the hell does he go like obviously yes we're supposed to believe he goes into the vents but like that's crazy, because vents don't actually work like that, and Monk is a pretty realistic show with stuff like that. Yeah. Nah, you're right. I'm like, vents can't point. actually support people's body weight. That's like a... Um, because why would they? They're not used to support body weight. <laughs> right. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. Just yeah. playing devil's advocate. I understand. I, I just wish that there was, like, a way that they even bothered to... The, the fact that they don't bother to explain it at all, like, frustrates me, because so many of the other impossible cases in Monk, they spend time... Yeah. I guess that, I guess that's the thing. I think that the reason why it frustrates me is because there, this is one of the more elaborate schemes that anyone does, and they spend no time explaining how they actually do it. And that's so much of what Monk's about. Is yeah, that's true. You're right. Yeah, it's it's like what, what, how? Like I'm very interested in figuring out how they pulled it off. I'm not saying that they couldn't have, but like it, the fact that it's kind of aside the point. It's like well, that's the most interesting part of the episode to me is how did they manage to get themselves in so many different situations with Sharona and scare her. Um, <sighs> Anyway, that's for that's for another day, Jake yes. Christie. But the monk goes into the bathroom, and there's no one hanging from the ceiling. But what is there? There is a like somebody wrote like "Help me" mm-hmm. on the wall on mm-hmm. the bathroom wall. Exactly. Um, which, I guess. All right. I mean, I, I just like I felt like that was like a touch too much. Yeah, a touch too cute for mm-hmm. the killers or for yeah. the people involved. Yeah. Um, and so. You know, they're looking at it in the, the station. Sharona's talking to a sketch artist, and Monk's like, he's, he's like, I'm too close. Which he is. Yeah. But Monk looks into in Sharona's purse, and he finds lipstick that's the same color. And oh no. There's plaster on it. That lipstick yeah. wrote, help me. Yeah. Which we knew this, because we knew it was going to happen, because, like, they make it a point of showing Sharona's bag. Yep. Horrible bag, by the way, with, yeah. with your letter S on it, which yeah, is just great. great. Which the thing is, like, uh, it's a terrible bag, but I do believe that she has that. Yes, 100%. Um, so, like, they make it a point to show her putting it on the thing, and obviously she freaks out and she runs out. So, perfect. Worked out for them. Nice touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of things have to go right for them. But Sharona's like, you know what, I need to take some time off, understandably. Um, and she's like, I'm going to send you a good friend of mine uh, who's also a nurse to come help you. Was she a good friend of hers, or was she just some chick she knows? She says her? good friend, but okay. you're right that she is just some chick she knows from her writing class. But she says good friend. Um, yeah. No, she does say that. I'm just like, wait, yeah. did I miss something? Enter Varla into Monk's life. And 
this just like I don't know. I feel really up two ways of this because you could talk me into saying that this is really good, and you could talk me into saying that this is just terrible. Um, yeah, it's it does make me appreciate Sharona because I say Sharona's a bad nurse all the time. Varla is whatever the equivalent of disbarred for nurses should be that she should have that happen to her. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, for sure. But, like, you know, sometimes you need that kind of uh, person to, like, be a little more assertive with out of, you know, if she's a nurse. Like, some, yeah. not everyone that walks in there is going to want what you want to give them. Oh, I know? understand that. I guess the thing is it seems like she has no – I actually, I don't fully understand what her purpose – if she's not going to do all the things that Moke needs her to do, what is right. her purpose of being there then? Um, well, she's wondering the same thing. Well, that's Exactly. Um, she does raise a good point, which is that she says that Monk was made for medication, which, correct. Um, we'll find out what happens in, uh, a couple episodes with that, but, um, so, and then she says a line which, uh, was often quoted in my household growing up, and don't ask why, I think it's just, like, a funny thing to say, which is when Monk is looking at her, she says the famous line of, my eyes are up here, um, Mm -hmm. which she says a couple times, it's her catchphrase, you know, um, It's fun to have a character who's in an episode for, like, 20 minutes to have a catchphrase. He was looking at her boobs, though. For he sure. was. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then we cut to Sharona. She's bringing home some groceries. She drops them, and she sees someone on the couch. And who is that? Did I forget to mention that they recast Trevor? Yes, I did. Yeah, but you did, because I was like, Sorry. who the hell is this guy? Sorry. I honestly just forgot that he was in this episode. Um, I knew they eventually hey. recast him, but I forgot he was in this one. Okay. I mean, I'll say this. He looks more like Sharona's type, for yeah. sure. Like, I could definitely see them together. He also looks less like, I don't know, the most obvious dirtbag in the history of television. Um, sure. Like, the guy who played Trevor in the previous episode that he was on looked like the human embodiment of gambling debts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this guy at least looked kind of like, you know, like, not a great guy, but like, you know, someone you could be proud of. Like... I feel like you could be proud of if you know you're an Italian girl from Jersey that you end up with this guy, you know. Um, he's got a nice a, hometown kid. Exactly, yeah. You know he uh, he played a little college ball back in the day. Um, anyway, um, so apparently, and this is kind of sad. Benji called uh, Trevor to say that he because he said that basically that Sharona wasn't doing so well. Um, yeah, and, she, he was worried about her. Yeah. Good son, good son behavior, but also, um, you know, Trevor's a dirtbag, so I really don't know how to feel about it. Um, and so, anyway, we cut back to the monk's apartment. This is when uh, is like, what do you mean you don't take any medication? He's like, yeah, I just need a little help. And she says, doing what? Um, and she then it says she's hungry, so she goes into his fridge. Um where everything is color-coded and sorted, which it's nice. I mean, it's very, very clean and organized, but other than the chart, it's not, like, it's not the crazy, it's not, it's not unbelievably organized, if that makes sense. Like, it's still, like, you know. Yeah, I, it's not like he has, like, it's not like he has, like, all the sandwiches in one mm-hmm. spot and yeah. all the, like, pretzels in another. Like, he's got stuff, like, just mixed up around, whatever. Yeah. Like, like if, if I saw in person, it would probably be the cleanest fridge I've ever seen, but... It almost looks like a like a fridge at like an office or something like that, where like there's an office manager who like specifically keeps it clean. Um, the weird thing is that he has his pretzel sticks in the fridge, but that's whatever. Yeah, that is fucking weird. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Oh, well. Nothing is weirder than I when I once noticed on the first season of House of Cards that Kate Mara's character has pop tarts in the fridge. 
Um, I haven't been able to stop thinking about that for a while. Um, what flavor? Uh, I want to say uh, either cinnamon or s'mores. Um, now, this is the thing. I don't want to necessarily say that that means that her character did deserve to get thrown into that train, but, 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 but. Yeah, the question's there. Yeah. Did she deserve to get thrown into that train? I don't know. The game of politics is very hard. Sorry, that accent wasn't good, but it was just as good as Kevin Spacey's. Anywho. Is that uh, something he actually says? No, but, you know, he mm. does talk to the camera and talk in a bad accent. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I didn't love the first season and thought, like, it was groundbreaking and amazing, but I'm, you know, a cheap date when it comes to, like, being amazed by stuff. Um, anyway. Monk gives uh, Varla a piece of paper that Shona gave that printed out about certain things, and more than this is list of phobias. And which one does she get uh, hung up on? Uh, being afraid of milk, which fair. Yeah, that's the that is the it. one. Yeah, that that's the one where it's like okay, because at least all the, most of the other things that he's afraid of could, in some crazy situation, be dangerous. Um, right. Milk never was dangerous to anyone unless you're lactose intolerant. Yeah. And even then, you're or, just gonna like, you know, fart a lot and have diarrhea, which is not that bad in the grand scheme of things. The only thing I can think of is like maybe he tried like milking a cow once and like it like kicked him in the face. But I, think I don't I'm think mistaking that's, horses no. and cows. No, I don't think that that's happened. I think that monkey's just afraid of milk. Um, you okay, know. fine. And, and that's kind of hard because I'm I, I'm a fan of milk. I think milk is uh, you know, a nice bowl of cereal with a uh, cool glass of milk. Not cool glass of milk. Cool milk in a bowl of cereal. You can't beat it. Um, When's the last time you had a glass of milk? A glass of milk, a, a while by ago. itself. Uh, probably at least like four years ago when I was probably eating cookies. Don't know, like I, 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 I was a big milk drinker as a kid. Um, uh, you know, so I can't, I, I, I'm not, I have no ill will towards milk. Um, I actually have, I have almond milk right now, but that's only because I only use milk for cereal and I don't, can't really justify the shelf life of regular milk. Um, because yeah, I just don't use it fast enough. Anyway. Okay. Um. Varla proclaims the party is over for Adrian Monk, okay? She says some ground rules, you know, that she is in her car at 5 o'clock, um, that don't call her unless there's an emergency, which there won't be, and I think there's a third one, but I don't remember it. But you know what, though? Like, I, I see nothing wrong with what yeah, she's saying. That's, that's, that's just boundaries, honestly. Um, yeah. Now, like, the thing is, what that tells me is that she shouldn't be working for Monk because I think those are reasonable boundaries, but those are also boundaries you can't have if you work for Monk, you know what I mean? Which is fine. Like, she just, you know, in the same way that I wouldn't fit in on, like, a construction site, she just does not fit to be Adrian's Monk's nurse. Um, and so she asks, though, like, how's Sharona? And, you know, Varro points out, like, that there are no warning signs. It kind of just happened out of nowhere, which is true. Usually it doesn't happen like that. But I honestly right. don't know. Um, I'm not a board-certified psychiatrist. If you are a board-certified psychiatrist and you'd like to let us know if that can happen, um, please uh, tweet at us or email the show at strictly, well, at strictly Munkin, strictly Munkin podcast at gmail.com. Actually, just Strictly hey, this might, this, might, this might be the latest. This might be the latest one. In terms of in the episode? No, I've definitely squeezed yeah. one in right before the, t- the tease the next one. Um, okay. Anyway, Shorna goes to meet Miss Preminger, uh, her writing teacher. Um, yes. And to tell her that she's dropping the class. Um, and, you know, she's kind of torn up about it. And then she uh, sees something behind this premature. What does she see? She sees uh, the guy again, who this mystery man. 
Just chilling. Not saying anything this time, no. I don't think. And then there's a moment that I think if this happened in a horror movie, it would be really effective. That Miss Premature turns around and doesn't just her face doesn't change at all. And she says, huh? I don't, there's nothing out there. Which, once again, because you kind of know that Storm is being set up, it doesn't really work as well. But like if this was in like Act one of a, act 2 of a horror movie, I think it would be pretty good. Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't like seeing guys with screwdrivers in their ears. Yeah. I watched uh, The Invisible Man last night, which was very good up until the last, like, 25 minutes. Um, I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think the ending was bad. I thought, okay, spoiler for The Invisible Man. I think that, I guess it's like, I just wanted a little more understanding of how he got his brother to put on the suit. Like, I just don't, like, not that I need the whole explanation, but, like, there's just nothing there at all about why, um why he did it for him. And I, even if you just say, like, even if it's something as simple as, like, you know, he was, like, always subservient to him, yada, 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 yada. But, um, it just felt kind of like a twist for twist's sake at the point. But I think the first hour 30 is a horror classic. Um, and I'm not... It's really good. I don't think that a bad ending ruins a movie. Um, sometimes it can, but, like, this one wasn't... It didn't, like, undo, like, the cool shit. Like, I think that some of those set pieces are cool. But anyway, so I was thinking about that in this scene, because I think that's so much of what Sharona's doing is similar, the same, like, am I going crazy shit? Um, and, uh, you know, it's all in the eyes, and I think that Biddy Shram really nails the eyes. It's particularly in that scene where she's clearly, tr- like, looking at the guy out of the window and trying not to, like, React. look like she's being traumatized because she's like, I can't do that because clearly this guy doesn't exist. Like, what the hell's wrong with me? Yeah, she has a nice piece of acting, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should. Have, I don't know if they submitted this. This was the one they submitted to the Emmys, but they should have. Anyway, um, oh, also, uh, one thing that you do a subtle hint that it's mentioned, little crumb, that Miss Preminger mentions that she enjoyed Shorn's essay about her father. Oh, that's true. That's right. Yep. About Dougie, Dougie Fresh. Yeah, Dougie, Dougie Fleming. Doggy Flem, D Flem. I don't know. We're giving him nicknames. Um, so the dead, the dead Flem, yeah, the dead Flem. Yep. Um, Shore's packing stuff up, and she's telling Trevor, you know, that he's gonna have to take care of Benji. But this does not mean that custody's changed. No custody change. Um, that's actually yep. not important to the plot. But anyway, then yep. Monk and uh, Varla are recreating the first crime scene. In the parking garage, um, and that's just that Varla is not interested in this at all, um, and uh, yeah, I think that this bit kind of gets old of her not wanting to be involved because it's kind of like, I guess I think it, uh, yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, sure, it does. I mean, we do get like okay because eventually they do find yeah. There's a good lines. line that comes up. I guess you, my problem yeah, is that's it. My problem is, and we'll get to the line, is that. I be I would I refuse to believe that someone who is taking on a personal nursing job would find it a bad thing that a perk of the job is that they get to like solve a murder. Like she says, like oh, I can't believe you saddled me with this guy who's solving murders. Like that seems like us. Oh, so that seems like the best case scenario for being a personal nurse to someone. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as long as, yeah, of course, as long as you don't get involved in that. No, but I guess the thing is, she doesn't, though. Like, that's not what happens. It's just, like, she's just mad that, like, he has a job. Because, like, if if he had to go to a job where he was, like, you know, like, worked in a steel mill, she would not like that either. Anyway. um, Yeah. And Monk Note finds a silver tip of a boot. 
And this is where Varla has her theory. What's her theory of who did it? Uh, she just thinks that it was uh, maybe it was Garth Brooks. Which is a good theory. Now, Garth Brooks is not the murdering type. Chris Gaines on the other really hand. Yeah, oh, <laughs> shit. That's right. Yeah. Good one. Y'all haven't heard Chris Gaines' name in a while, and for good reason. Um, and so uh, Monk then asks for a wipe, and um, Varla says that he's going to have to get over it. Which, once again, why is she even there? Why, why did she say yes to the giant? I understand she has money, but like, what did she think she was going to do? I mean, she thought she was going to give him medicine. I don't know why I keep asking questions that I'm going to immediately answer. But anyway. Um, is Monk going to pay her? I hope so. Um, uh, she didn't do a good job. Out. She Jerry's didn't do out. a good job, but I also, you know, I, you know I've never like, not tipped because of bad service, so I hope he does. Um, now... We cut to Miss Preminger having dinner with her husband, um, and this is a very cold environment. You're with with your girl, Miss Preminger. Oh yes, my girl. Damn it, I cannot believe you saddled me with Miss Preminger. <laughs> um, and they're eating tomato soup. Um, fun. Horrible dinner. Like, give me yeah, a break. you know, yeah, um, yeah. Just, I'm not gonna like say that she should have done more because she works full time. I assume, and you know, they have a nice. But yes, do better than tomato soup. And he almost immediately starts getting sick, and uh, he dies. He has a heart because she's basically like, "You're gonna have a heart attack, and I'm gonna call 911." Which I want to talk about some shit you don't want to hear when you're dying. Imagine you, you're dying, you think like you're something, you know, you're having cough or whatever, and then your partner is just like, "Yo, you know how uh, it seems like you're just sick? I actually did this to you. You're dead. Bye. Last word you hear. That's gotta suck." Yeah, and like, I didn't. <sighs> I know that it was inevitable, but, like, I didn't give a shit that this guy died. I don't think you're really supposed to, though. I don't think you're supposed to. I don't think, because the episode's not leaving about this murder. Yeah, but that's, like, but that's what, like, takes so much of it out of it. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, And then you see that uh, someone else comes in. It's our friend. um, The dead guy comes in, and they toast. They they give a toast to the douchebags. Toast of the assholes. Yeah. Toast of the scumbags. Yep. Every one of them that I know. No, that is a song by Kanye West called Runaway to all of our over 50 listeners. No, who do they give yep. a toast to? Uh, they give a toast to Sharona, their uh, unofficial third partner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some crazy shit's going on. Speaking of crazy, Monk uh, catches Sharona packing stuff into her car and says, you're not crazy. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, of course, Sharona spills some stuff and some packing material and stuff falls out of a box and, you know, Varlin's fixing it. And she says, you know, you didn't tell me that he was Kojak, which, like, once again, being Kojak's assistant doesn't seem like that bad of a job. But that's just me. I'm wrong. I'm, that's me. Sorry. Um, well, I'll have you know that Terry Savala had horrible IBS, so it was not great. I stand corrected. Wait, sorry. It's Telly Savala, I think. Yeah, I, I'm not a, I wasn't 100% sure, so I wasn't going to correct you. It's, it's uh, Telly Savala, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Monk, of course, hates the fact that the packing material is all crumpled papers, which is important. Um, and um, they, uh, what was it, that Monk took the steel toe of the boot to a shoe repair store, and they said that the only person who's gotten repaired in the last week is this guy named Denny Graff, who is Your a... Your other uh, What? Your other boy. No, he's already my boy. You said... Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. Right, right. Yeah, damn it. Cannot the believe you saddled me with they're... both the murderers. Damn it. Yeah. Um, 
And so your boy, Jeffrey Dahmer, see, gotcha. Um, yeah. So they, uh, he's a security guard at the community college that Sharona takes her creative writing class at. And um, they basically um, want, they're trying to, pr- they're trying to prove, Monk's basically like, I'm completely losing my mind here. Maybe I, uh, the girl who cried wolf, that trying to prove that Miss Preminger took one of Sharona's stories and she's trying to make her think that she's crazy, right? And what yeah. just happened to happen the night before? Um, we already know this information, but Sharona learns this that Miss Preminger's oh, the, husband, yeah, Miss Preminger's husband, got gacked. He got killed. He's exactly. Dead. And the fatal recipe. What happens in that story? Uh, I guess this woman poisons her husband with uh, with soup. With uh, yes, tomato now, soup, right? Now, the, yeah, the key is it's not that vague because if it was that vague, then you would need to use a story, right? But I get the thing that they kind of gloss over, which I think they really should emphasize more because this is actually makes it interesting and makes that like Sharon actually relevant, is that apparently it was the reason it's an untraceable poison is because it's a poison that is isn't activated until it chemically reacts with the tomato and the tomato soup. Um, so. That's interesting. I mean, I think that the fact that they kind of glaze over that is kind of like, why are you not leading with an interesting detail in your murder? Um, but anyway. Yeah. Um, Tomato soup should have somehow been like a clue. I don't know. Yeah. And, and, anyway, it was a fatal recipe. Um, yeah. So Shorna runs inside to grab her story, and they then cut to Stahlmeyer and Disher are outside the Preminger house. And, of course, Varla's like, oh, are you guys real policemen or are you pretend policemen? Um and then Monk gives the here's what happened. Yeah, so I guess, uh, well, obviously there had been a clandestine relationship going on between Mrs. Preminger and our guy, Denny Graff. And uh, she got an idea from reading one of Sharona's stories, and they decided to, let's, let's make this happen. So, I, I mean, I still don't know why they had to discredit Sharona, like, to this extent. I, to this extent, I don't know, but the if her if Miss Preminger's if Mister Preminger just happened to die after eat, from a heart attack after eating tomato soup, I think that that probably would be a big liability. Well, but that's why I think the only thing that like they would have necessarily had to have done was erase every copy of the first. Thing. I guess so. You know what the problem is though? What you're forgetting is that what they need to prevent is not anyone investing, not them proving that they did it, but. They need it to be considered just a heart attack because they can't have an autopsy. Whereas if Sharona's not um, discredited, they can't. They they run the risk of getting a court order for an autopsy because it's not like it's not like that would be. It's not that's not that tall a task. You know what I mean? It's not like they need to arrest them because once they do an autopsy, then they'll find that there's poison, right? Um, yeah. And so they can't. I, I I get why they had to do it because if. Because if, if Sharon, who's like someone who works with the cops all the time, says, like, I know I did this and I think they destroyed it because I can't find any copies, um, I think that that probably will work. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So they spend a whole bunch of time just, like, messing with her, making her think that she's crazy. I guess they got, like, I forgot how they got copies of her keys. They stole, I don't know, broke into her car when she was in Yeah, class. something like that. Yeah. yeah, they made copies of her key. They keep moving around stuff. And, and yeah, so they, they basically just had to make sure she looked or sounded crazy yeah. in some way. Some real gaslighting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, not great. Um, no. So, yeah, I mean, like, that's pretty much it. Like, yep. there really isn't that much to it. And then they confront her at the front door. And sure enough, uh, our friend Denny comes behind her and is like, she's like, that's him, that's him. And Stama reads from the story. And it just says, 
help me, 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 help me. Um, Jack Torrance would be proud of yep. Sharona's wonderful writing. Um, God, I wonder how many pages that went on for. Um, it didn't seem too thick. I don't think you know that as long as Jacko. Did you know that uh, Stanley Kubrick's assistant had to type yes. out all those pages? Um, yep. Crazy stuff. Expect no less from that guy. Yeah. A question that I remember, I think they asked on the Ringer's rewatchables for The Shining, which I think about a lot, is on what page, if you're, uh, what's her face, Mrs. Torrance, do you start to, like, think, oh my god, he's a murderer? And I'm, of the opinion, like, five. Because, like, okay, maybe the first, like, four, it's like he was just screwing around. But, like, once he starts messing with the indentation and starts making art of the all work and all play, making Jack and all boy, I'm like, okay, he's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also, not, what am I talking about? The help me would be very easy with copy and paste on a computer. So that's actually not that hard to do anymore. Ooh, that's true. Fuck. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, big problem. They have to, like, you know, walk away with their head in their hands. And um, then... And they just tip them yeah. off that they're onto them, too. Exactly. And it's like, well, do you have a first draft of the story? And it's like, no. She makes them write it by hand and asks to throw them out. But Varla knows where they are. And she'll tell them where the copy of the story is. She has three conditions. Condition number one, what is it? Uh, that Sharona has to go back to working with Monk. That day. And conditions. Can't take him. And what are conditions two and three? I, it doesn't matter. That's the, it's like, doesn't okay, matter. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, and so where, where is the story? Uh, it was, it turns out when, like, when they ran into her, like, uh, you know, dropping shit out of the trunk of her car, she was using those pages as, uh, packing material. Mm -hmm. Which, great, I'm glad it worked out, but, like, let's be honest, like, no one's using pieces of fucking lined paper as, like, packing material. I mean, material. yeah, I, I, I feel similarly, um, because I just don't know how effective That's newspaper that would be. shit. Yeah, use newspaper. Um, personally, my family uses, use, like, use towels. Because usually if like, we're moving somewhere, we'll you know, wrap in a towel. Or, you know what the great thing too is? If you're going somewhere, we're going on like, vacation, you have clothes, you wrap stuff with like, you put clothes around it is, you know, because that's even better padding. My point being, loosely paper is like Why is she packing anyways? Like, why is she packing Because like, remember, she's, she's, she's going like, she's going to clear her head. I don't know, but. Okay. I mean, she's not acting rationally. Um, but anyway, so they find the story and sure enough, uh, the evidence is all there. Um, and so they go back up uh, to the house, and Varla calls herself Mrs. Kojak. But more importantly, it's 5.30. She's going. So dishwasher, dishwater's got to take her home. Dishwater. That's really insulting, but fair. Um, and then after that, we cut to like the, the denouement of the episode, and they got a search warrant for the house and the autopsy. Um and there's a nice Better moment. There. There's a nice moment with uh, Monk and Shrona where Monk says, "I missed you." Shrona says, "I missed you too." And yeah, she tells him to get in the car, and he just says, "Now can I like can I be the one with all the problems?" Because mm -hmm. that's yeah, that's his safe space. Mm -hmm. um, and unlike uh, Adam Carolla's podcast, there are safe spaces in Monk. Um, anyway. Oh boy. What. Whatever. Um, I don't even know why I said that. I mean, I know I said it because it's a dumb joke and I'm me. Because this podcast yeah. is called No Safe Spaces, in case anyone's trying to follow along. Although with context, you probably realize that. Um, anyway, uh, what do you think of this episode? What, should, what would you give it? I gave it a 7 out of 10. I gave it a 7.5 just because I think that that scene in Dr. Kroger is really good. And I think that the acting that Betty Schramm is doing is really good. 
Um, I just wish it was in a better episode. Um, and I honestly yeah. almost think I, I honestly almost think that like this is actually not even a good episode of Monk, if that makes sense. Like I think that this is this feels like a storyline that would be much better in either another show or as like a movie. Like it just doesn't actually the Monk elements of it don't actually matter like there's nothing about this mystery that is inherent to monk having to solve it if that makes sense yeah i think this would make a better uh new adventures of old christine episode i mean that's i've never seen that show i'm just throwing that shit out there seeing what yeah. sticks i mean i'm gonna tell you this it doesn't stick given that that was a half hour comedy uh starring julia Lee dreyfus and uh clark Gregg, and i believe hamish linklater um so, and Wanda Sykes also. Um, and then I forget who played New Christine, because that was the whole thing, because Clark Gregg was his, her ex, and she's old Christine, and then he left her. They got divorced, and he she has, he has a new wife named New Christine. Um, oh, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fun show. Uh, but no, I would I would say that, like, this. I don't know what show this would work better for, because you have to have a show, some type of show where, like, the, the, um, the victim was at the center of the episode, but uh, I think that it just, like... It's weird. I I, don't, I it's I hate saying because I love Monk's mystery solving, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like the interesting stuff is has nothing to do with him solving the mystery because the the silver toe boot kind of just solves it all in one go. Yeah. No. Like as soon as you find that, like, like it's not as compelling anymore. No. But but it's still like fun to hang out with our friends. Oh, I mean, I honestly, what a way to put it. That's just. I mean, if that's not what you do when you watch television at any time, um, just it's nice to hang out with our friends and meet new friends like Varla who, um, once again, OG Niecy Nash. Um, no, no, one, no one's better at that than she is. Um, and no one's better at doing monk podcasts than you and I are, I would say. I don't know if that's actually true, but um, I'll say it. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with you. Yeah. And because we're so good at it, you might want to follow us on Twitter, at Strictly Monkin. You might want to follow Andre. Andre, where can people follow you? You might want to follow me at Andre Barrera. You may want to follow me at the J Christie. I don't like the way that we're constructing these sentences. I really regret starting it in the first place. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe, and uh, share the show with your friends. Um, particularly if they're familiar with the West Bentley movie P two, was it? Um, yeah, P two. And if even if they're not, I mean, honestly, if okay, share it with your friends if they have ever once in conversation brought up like you ever think about the last sex scene in Munich. If that's ever happened, then please make sure they listen to the show. Um, because if you've ever had sex in Munich, we'll take that. That is true. Yes, ironically enough, that sex scene does not actually take place in Munich. It takes right, place in New York right. City, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, no, you are correct. Yeah, uh, I don't believe Eric Banner's character ever actually goes to Munich in the whole movie. But um, anyway, uh, yeah. I, so please just seriously, just you know, let us know how you feel about the show. Yada yada yada. I completely lost my train of thought because once you start thinking about Eric Banner in that scene you can't not like it just everything else just goes um but if you can stop thinking about that for one second please plan on and do tune in next week as we talk about mr monk and the employee of the month let's get munich uh let's get monkey